The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, all y'all out there. And in there, and by in there, I mean, I know you're in your homes, and I know if you're a male, you might be sporting some kind of scraggly beard. If you're a female, you probably don't have a beard, but your hair probably isn't exactly how you'd like it. Um, but, uh, oh, uh, did I just commit to stereotype uh, infraction? Yes, Dave, cut it out. Anyway, but I have two guests here today. They happen to be two awesome professionals, and I, want, I love to talk about professionals, about how their world has changed and is changing, and maybe that there's some hope, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Is there some light at the end of the tunnel, Paul and Roberta, do you think? They're nodding. Okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. I agree. So please welcome to the show, uh, realtor extraordinaire, my friend Roberta Hershon and Paul Cronin, who is uh, an MA guy at Bay. Oh, I, I blew it already. I wrote it down and I blew it already. Base, uh, well, I don't know. I, where's, your, where's your new outfit, Paul? Sorry. Bay State Business Brokers. Bay State Business Brokers. I couldn't read my own writing. But at any rate, uh, despite me flubbing that, welcome them to the show. Let's try to put some happiness and a few rainbows into this new world order that is our own collective hell. No, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not that bad. Roberta, we'll start, we'll start with you. How are, how are you holding up? How are things at home and your mental health and all that kind of stuff? Actually, I'm pretty good. I can't really complain. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been busy. I've been just as busy now as before. Not making a lot of money, but busy. Mm-hmm. The commercial real estate market is still active. I sold something last week. Really? That's great. Yeah. Now I'm trying to rent it for the investor, and that is not happening. And so that's it, one aspect. And is that because you can't do the on-site viewing? It's, it's just, or is it just because people are putting stuff like that on hold? Or I think unless someone actually has a lease that's expiring, they're not thinking about it. I did a video of the property and so people can see it where can we see that video um where can we see videos like that (laughs) (laughs) well no actually i i I didn't mean to make a joke about it but did you have a website where people can go and and take a look at properties that you have available they can go to an mls site the problem is my office is mostly residential i'm the only one in the office that does commercial oh okay so they don't have that capability okay um, but it is out there and it will be on LoopNet if they can figure out how to do it. That's another <laughs> thing. They're not really set up for that, even though that's the only commercial site. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I don't, I don't want to keep our listeners in suspense. So right. uh, to cut to the chase, maybe what, and I usually do this later in the show, but tell people how they can get in touch with you. They can send me an email, sure. Roberta H at condonrealty.com. They can send me a message via, um, my Google voice number, which is 781-289. No, sorry. I don't even know it. Isn't that awful? We can get You're going to edit this, right? <laughs> yes, that's fine. <laughs> Good. Um, I'll give it to you. Wait all right. 
Whatever you do, don't go to Roberta's office. Believe me, there's nobody there. There's nobody at my no, office. There's definitely there's nobody, nobody there. Office. Okay, they can call me at 781-269-1656. Very good. And Paul, and they can see it. very good. And any questions about the real estate market? Sounds like residential or commercial. Roberta's an awesome person to, to talk to. Paul, um, how, are you, how are you holding up there? You look none worse for the wear. I look none worse for the wear. Right. Thank you. Uh, no, we're doing fine. Um, we have had a curious situation. We, uh, we actually bought a home on Cape Cod recently. So mm -hmm. we've been sort of busy on the weekends, you know, getting the place ready and moving our stuff over. We had another place down there, a smaller place. So we've actually been moving during a pandemic, which I don't recommend. But, you know, if you have to, you do what you have to do. Um, so the good news is uh, it's been keeping us busy. Um, and, uh, that's all great. Um, that's, that's, you know. I mean, it's actually, maybe that's a, a blessing in disguise because, you know, driving to a, your, your home here, which you're, I'm sure you're very excited about having purchased and being in that home just by you and your family, you can still do that. That's like one thing you can still do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, as I like, as I remind myself rarely, we are blessed. So, you know, count your blessings. Yeah. Yeah. The traffic must be hell though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not exactly uh, summer, not exactly summer. I mean, it is off season, of course, on the Cape, but uh, we're weirdly, not so much weirdly, but as you have probably read in the papers and radio and listened, um, there are a lot more uh, off season people uh, mm -hmm. down there. Summer people as it were uh, visiting their homes. Uh, and, you know, we're, of course, accused of that as well. But at least we have a legitimate excuse. Like, we had to move. You know, what do you want? Right. <laughs> yeah. What, what, but why is, that but, a, uh, why is that a sin? I take it people are doing that just to, for their own sanity to have a change of, change of pace, change of scenery? I, I think, yeah. I think after a week or so, people start, like, let this weekend, there was definitely more activity than normally you would say the first weekend in April when it's fairly quiet. Um, and there are other folks who are, you know, they're down there getting their homes ready for the season. They're just doing it three or four weeks ahead of time. So, you know, it, it, it isn't that abnormal, but there's a little squawking in the local uh, press there uh, about, you know, because of the situation, people should stay away. And But, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult to tell somebody who owns a home that no, you can't go visit your home. Yeah, you know, right. It's not like, so, yeah, so those... it's, it's, it's interesting. I guess those full timers on the Cape, they've got that not in my backyard thing, or they kind of <laughs> they'd rather everybody just stay on the yeah, other, on the other side mean, of the bridge. They're, yeah, they're concerned about it, you know, because the, the the hospital down there is rather small. And in you know, inundated. in, in so. theory, and um, Roberta, you'll, you, I'll I'll pivot in a minute and speak to this, but I just had the thought: or is Airbnb completely shut down now? On, on the one hand. In theory, I suppose that's one thing you could do in re in in quarantine friendly manner. You know, the person can leave the key. You don't have to have contact with another person. On the other hand, why do you need to go anyplace? Because there's no, there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. But but Roberta, has it been? I've heard talk of certain realtors who are just very frustrated because at least in the the early going of this thing, that they they thought that you could still show a house and practice social distancing but now i guess they're all completely shut down is that right no it's not um oh. you can't have an open house oh i see but if the house is unoccupied you mm -hmm. can take somebody one-on-one -on -one if you'd like to 
or if the seller wants you to do it. Personally, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I did show something over the weekend, but it was a client I already was working with and the house was empty. Do you, um, so, do you foresee this changing real estate showings in the future? I mean, as soon as the, this, I don't know who exactly is, is in the position to declare the all clear. I guess Governor Baker can certainly say people that the stay at home thing is over. But when that happens, will things like open houses in uh, real estate showings change? I don't think so because people forget unless <laughs> there is something eminent that says this is coming back i think that it will open up again people who want to move want to move and people who want to sell their houses want to sell their houses Mm -hmm. uh the real estate board hasn't come out with anything yet but i suspect you know people are creatures of habit and we will revert right back to our old ways it may take a little bit uh it may be like 9 11 where it's slow to return but i do think it's going to yeah. And I do, you know, where I see a big change in the real estate market is in the elderly area with seniors. I think anyone who has a loved one in an assisted living community or a senior care facility is going to rethink where they're living. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that people are going to consider buying condos for them or moving them into their own houses and hiring private care. Mm-hmm because a facility can't control something like this. It's not their fault. They just are not set up for it. Mm-hmm. Paul, what do you think? You, I mean, you're a veteran of business. You and I have known each other for years in networking circles. Now you're on the M&A side. Will, will your professional world change going forward as a result of this? Yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, right now there's um, you know some effort to have people video the premises of their building you know, their facilities and so forth. Um, You know, and when you think about it, it's sort of like what Zillow did for the real estate world, but, you know, there really doesn't exist, um, you know, um, a lot of great commercial MLS in terms of businesses Mm -hmm. there is for real estate. Um, There is a New England uh, consortium that acts like a, a business MLS. Um, but it's private, and there's sort of these regional things, California and, and uh, Florida. I, ideally, I'd love it to get to a place where, you know, you could bring in a, project, a professional photographer to do the video, to do now you do 3D, you know, photos and so forth. Mm. And there's really even more sophisticated software that somebody showed me recently from the insurance market, which is much more in depth than even a 3D video. It's astonishing the technology. So I think over time, some of that will occur. But you know, when you think of what a business is, it, it's less about the real estate and more about the customers and right. the people and the products and the processes. And you know, frankly, the profitability because you know, 99% of all businesses are sold based on two things, how much money the owner can make from the business and you know, is how much profit there is mm-hmm. in the business. So if you have a profitable business and you make a good living at it, Fundamentally, you've got a sellable business. It's, you know, all things considered. So I don't think that will ever change. But there's definitely uh, already a movement of looking at the numbers, making the analysis, um, doing, you know, Zoom uh, buyer-seller meetings, as we call them, you know, the owner and the buyer of the business getting together over Zoom. So I anticipate that that continuing. Uh, and 
sort of the last thing that will happen is the facility tour. Yeah. I wonder if the virtual reality market is spinning its wheels right now, because this is the time for it said, I don't know if you guys have ever tried virtual reality. I've dabbled in it. I, I bought one of these Oculus viewers just so I could, you know, see what it was like. You can play games. My kids enjoy the, enjoy the games, but the, the technology there is ramping up to a point where you can go to a virtual picnic and talk to people at this virtual picnic. Now, currently the one I was using, what you see is the person's avatar kind of walking along. So you're talking to just this like big purple head or something. But, um, for, I I would think for both of what you do and Roberta, you can take this idea for free, you know, virtual reality, real estate tours. I mean, I don't know if, if they have that, they may not, they may not have it with the goggles and stuff, but I imagine they have those, you know, like in Google maps, how you can do the street view and you can kind of virtually drive down the, the street. Is, is that in the future? Will you think we'll be able to do stuff like that? I think we will. Um, yeah. I don't know if either of you watched 60 Minutes last night. Didn't. Okay. There was a segment on where a woman has figured out how to talk to people who are no longer alive. So what they did was when people were alive, it was Holocaust survivors. They recorded them and they spent a week from nine to five every day asking them every single conceivable question. So then they used artificial intelligence to have people ask real questions and then it would search for the right answer. And it was with a hologram and it is truly amazing. And they are going to apply that to all sorts of other businesses. That's amazing. So yeah, watch 60 minutes from last night. You'll see it. So, but the, the idea is that these people have been recorded in the past and it's like a simulated version of them or or it's a hologram, so, so they're, they're up there, they're, they're talking. talking. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you say, tell, tell me about, about your childhood. childhood. And, and so, so it searches the little database of all the answers that you've compiled, and it, it will give you a capsule of what they said. And they're actually talking to you. That's, um, that's crazy. I actually was, able, I, I was able to call up the, the video here, which if you bear with me for a minute, we'll um, see if we can play it. Um, Sorry, having trouble with the video viewer here. What is going on? Bear with me for a minute, guys. Sorry. Sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> you have to get the commercial in. Yeah, exactly. Tonight, as the world struggles to contain and recover from the novel coronavirus, we offer a story we completed just before life changed so dramatically. It is a story of history, hope, survival, and resilience, which has its roots in another time when the world was convulsed by crisis, World War II. This year marks the 75th anniversary of the end of that war and the liberation of concentration camps across Europe. Most of the survivors who remain are now in their 80s and 90s. Soon, there will be no one left who experienced the horrors of the Holocaust firsthand, no one to answer questions or bear witness to future generations. But as Leslie Stahl reports, a new and dramatic effort is underway to change that. Harnessing the technologies of the present and the future, it keeps alive the ability to talk to and get answers from the past. All right, let's get to Leslie Stahl. The story will continue in a moment. All right, I didn't think that was going to happen. Oh, come on. (laughs) 
I'll have to put that in later. But um, but that's cool. And and you know that's more of that. I think is coming. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, have have either you given thought to? And this is just kind of not not necessarily in your professional world, but and Paul, I'll pose this question to you. I worry about the future of concerts, about going to ball games, about going to little league games, about going to all these things. Has, have you given any thought to what that might mean for all of us in communities and things like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, in the short term, I think there's going to be a lot of um, sort of personal dislocation. You know, sort of, I did a lot of coaching and consulting also with business owners for about 10 years, and you get a lot of people whose identity is sort of tied up in the way they function. And when you um, change how you function, it impacts your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's going to be a long time for people to um, you know, really get back to where they were. Uh, I will say as a sidebar that if you, if you go back and look at any of the, the last global pandemic that with anything close to this was, of course, 1819 and 1918, 1919 flu, also mm-hmm. the Spanish flu. Um, you know, that follows somewhere path where, you know, there was social distancing in most countries. People, it seemed to kind of get through the system. They, you know, they, we hadn't really uh, built vaccines, but essentially the world created kind of herd immunity. And over the course of two years, uh, but, but there, there were spikes. There were spikes in that where people said, oh, it's okay, let's get together again. And people, you know, wanted desperately to get together and socialize and ball games, concerts, as you say. Unfortunately, there was also spikes in in that. So I think, you know, in our DNA, we're a social species, so we'll find ways to get back together and socialize in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, The the health challenge is something that's always going to remain out there until we have a vaccine. Well, back in 1918, why didn't they just get on a Zoom call like us? I don't understand. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly yeah. Roberta, how about I, I you? Think, Go ahead. I think businesses are going to rethink, do we need as much office space? I think that they will find that working remotely does actually make people productive. Mm-hmm. And so they may not have as much office space and people will come in and out of the office and not be there every day. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you may be onto something there, especially since um, people are finding that they can do things remotely. Mm-hmm. There's there are certain things you I think you always want to do right. in person, but a lot of those can be you know small meetings. There'll there'll still be the need for you know um, concerts and and you know temples and churches and all that all that kind of stuff. But it's just it really, it really makes you do kind of a double take to think about how things um, are going to be affected in the future. So um, if, oh, Paul, you know what? I want to make sure I get this right. Um, Roberta, give, first, give us your email address once again, and then I'm going to ask Paul how do people can get in touch with him. Roberta H at Condon, There you go. And Paul Cronin, where can people find you? Paul at... There you go. So we've got a little time left here and we're going to get to an edition of good stuff and Roberta and Paul are going to give us survival tips or something good, something, something you can use. We all need something to keep us going in this, um, 
uh, zombie apocalypse. Well, it's not that exactly, but you know what I mean, people. First, let me tell you about what we do at the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. Have you ever thought of starting your own podcast? You might think, well, why would I do it now? Well, in a way, today is an opportune moment for you to start a podcast. There is a rapt audience at home. They are literally a captive audience, unfortunately, but they're waiting to hear from you. They're, wait, they're binging things and they want to hear your voice. So if you want to reach your audience, your world, your clients and contacts, a podcast is a great way to do it. We produce them remotely at pod617.com. We've been doing that actually since we started the company. Now is just kind of a time when we've been, we've been pressed into action. If you are interested in this, we will send you out a USB, quality USB mic on the house if you start working with us at pod617.com. Be part of the pod revolution, people. Boston Podcast Network, in pod we trust. All right, so uh, let's do an edition of Good Stuff, because Lord knows we need it. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right, contestants. You've had a little time to think about it. Not much. I gave my guests today very little prep time for this segment. So, <laughs> but um, Paul, we'll start with you. What what uh, tip or something do you have to share with uh, the podcast audience today? Uh, I would I encourage, encourage people, people to, to think, think about, about something that they can do, whether it's personally, professionally, to, to give, give back. Um, you, know, you know, so right, right now in my, my company, company, there's a lot of companies that are in a lot of turmoil, and I don't know what they should be doing. So we're actually giving away um, business evaluations for particularly smaller companies who can't necessarily afford to pay us for them just so they get an opinion of their business and then they may hopefully make a decision about what they should do going forward. So I would encourage everybody to think about something like that, what they can give away, personally and professionally in some way, because you always feel there's always something good. Good karma comes back to you, whatever you do. For sure, and nonprofits need it now probably more than they ever have because they're limited in just the way other businesses are. You know, they can't get together. They can't have their typical board meetings. I know I'm on the board for Easter seals and they kind of got ahead of it and announced just a kind of hourly reduction for their employees. Didn't lay anybody off, but it was, they saw very necessary. So yeah, um, that's a, that's a great idea. Re-engage with your, your uh, causes. Roberta, do you have a tip for us? I do. I do. What, what I, I did, did was organize a group of volunteers to go and run errands for people who couldn't get out, get out whether, whether it's the grocery store, the pharmacy, or to pick up food um, from a restaurant. But I've also been cooking for people. Mm-hmm. What are you cooking? Anything that they want. Lots of chicken. I'll take um, I'll take a matzo ball soup. And I made let's that. Say, yeah. maybe, <laughs> yeah. will be weird this year. Lord knows, matzo ball soup is something that, um, you, I mean, you know, it's chicken soup for the soul in a literal sense, I right. guess, right? So, <laughs> but that's terrific. So, what, and you've just been kind of spreading the word around about mm-hmm. this, okay? Yeah, around yeah. your, I, put, yeah. I, posted I posted it, and people, people have been calling, calling and, and had, had lots, lots of water, water toilet, toilet paper. paper. Yep. But, um, it's that's, been going that, really well. well. Good for you. Um, I would say continue to do the takeout thing, people. That's my advice. Now, not everybody's going to be comfortable. With some people are like, well, why should I be eating food prepared by somebody else right, now? Right. Well, I, I personally would argue that no matter what food you're getting, it's been prepared by someone at some point along the line. You're not picking the potatoes straight out of the ground, unless you are. If you are, God bless you and keep 
keep farming on. But, um, you know, the, the, you know, my son and I, um, he had a tradition of going to IHOP with my dad, his grandpa, and he couldn't do it, you know, this time around. And so I said, well, we're going to, we're going to get in the car. We're going to take out to IHOP and we're going to get pup, your papa on the FaceTime so he can pretend he's there too. So he was able to do in his version. And, you know, the, the guy b- behind the counter at IHOP, first of all, they, if you haven't been out and about, uh, just about all the restaurants that I've noticed are very serious about the social distancing. They have lines drawn on the floor. They have, you know, all their employees are, you know, with the masks and the gloves and everything. So they've thought about their being careful and these businesses are going to struggle mightily. So, you know, do your part. I mean, I don't, I don't want to live in a world with no IHOPs people. I mean, right. (laughs) Um, If you can, right. So um, we're up against the clock here, but, Guys, I hope you had fun. I hope we, we. I hope this was a good distraction, diversion, and some good thoughts today. Roberta, did you enjoy yourself? I did. I did. Are we going to make it? I think so. I think so. I want to wish everybody, everybody a delicious, delicious holiday, holiday week. week. There you go. And yes. Whether you're, you're spending it on Zoom, Zoom FaceTime. FaceTime. Yes, I'm going to be doing a Zoom Seder myself, I think, <laughs> um, with four people present and maybe many more saying their prayers uh, literally over the, the virtual world. Uh, Paul, hope you enjoyed yourself. It, what, what do you say to uh, the American public in terms of uh, how we're going to manage this? Uh, just, just keep doing, keep doing, keep, keep, keep doing, doing some good, good work, work each day. We'll get through to the other, other side. side. And just, and just like my brother, brother said, said, wash your hands, hands use soap. So. <laughs> yeah. If you're not washing your hands yet, then um, get to it, people. Soap is still available. You don't have to clamor for the soap for some reason. Plenty of soap out there. And I think the toilet paper is coming back to people. Things will be back to normal. We will be okay. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this one, please share it with a friend or a colleague. Hang in there, everybody. On behalf of my friends, Paul and Roberta, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody, as best you can. Don't worry. Everybody's going to be fine, even Tom Hanks. Hang in there.